we we want to look at the word faith or the concept of faith as if it is this super mystical spiritual thing it's just trust it's you know just like sean was saying it's it's trust in something and then the question becomes not necessarily the tr amount of trust you have high trust low trust etc the question becomes is the thing that you are trusting able to accomplish that which you are trusting it to do Welcome to Calvary Conversations. I'm your host today, Mike Dodds, but I got my partners in crime here. I have uh, Sean LePage, you know, the director of our ministry studies, and then Josh Paxton, head of the uh, Burnham Mission Center, and then Tim Hange, chair of Hello. our English department here. Today, we're going to have a conversation about findings that came out of one of Barna's studies out of Arizona Christian University last year, late the year before. American in worldview inventory. They do it, I think, every year or every other year. But I, I saw an article that was evaluating it. The way they phrased it was they were listing the top 10 most prevalent seductive unbiblical ideas that are embraced by American adults today. And the article that I saw also took some of the findings from the survey, said that, you know, there are Christians that are tempted by these things, too. All right, so some of these we're going to get to go, oh, no, they're they're obviously unbiblical. But then there are some others you step back and go, now, wait a minute, the Bible talks a little bit like that. <laughs> All right, but I'm not wasting my time. Uh, what what I'm, we're going to cover just maybe four, three, four of their statements, those unbiblical beliefs. Now, at the end of it, I'm going to ask each of our hosts here, our, our uh, compatriots here, to, to add another one, one that you've seen seductive unbiblical ideas that we're all tempted by and 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 think of responding to the statement by here i got a couple questions where and how do we see people holding or living out this belief what does it look like when they when they hold that worldview opinion how should we respond to those people who hold that view worldview and i'm thinking general in the culture um third why would christians ever get seduced into that that just doesn't sound logical and then finally, what can we do to help Christians that are that are there? Sean, I want to start out with you. I threw a, a statement at you earlier. You chewed on a little bit. Here's the worldview statement. Having faith matters more than what faith you have. That's what adults believe here in America. Where do you see it? How should we respond? Wow, that's a whole program, Mike. That's a, the whole we could take up all of our time, but I'm I'm actually still processing that you called us partners in crime. I'm still still processing. <laughs> yeah, I'm, that. I'm wondering what crimes we have committed. <laughs> well, edit that out there. Like I didn't that. think anybody knew about that, but uh, well, yeah, oh <laughs> nobody really knows how we funded the show, right? So. <laughs> yes. Yep. But uh, yeah, I mean, faith is faith. Really, the question about faith really gets at the heart of things, you know, because the Bible says that without, uh, the, well, the, that our faith pleases God. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. So therefore, with faith, we can actually please God. So so um, I, I, I actually was um, listening to another podcast this week, and, and they were talking about the New Apostolic Reformation. And uh, it, it it really comes down to an, an issue of of faith 
because this new apostolic reformation is is uh, it's basically the idea that uh, that there are um, are, um, living apostles, not apostolic type people, but people who are able to receive new revelation and and uh, able to raise people from the dead and and all kinds of things like that. You know, the things things that the the 12 apostles of Jesus were able to do. Um, and, you know, so I was thinking about how um, how seductive that is when, you know, someone claims to be able to do miracles and able to receive new revelation from God. And and uh, the thing that the thing that the story that struck me was that that uh, there was a little girl who died, a uh, little two year old girl who died. And um, some some people in this particular church that was being led by one of these uh, new apostolic uh, reformed um, leaders um, claimed that God spoke to them and told them that this little girl was going to be raised from the dead. And they 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 didn't take her body to the morgue. They they took her body to the church building and they they prayed and worshiped and and um and uh it's called uh, making declarations mm-hmm. all right so so it's 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 almost like it sounded to me like it's like demanding from god you know based on the fact that we have all this faith uh that that god would act and her body was in this church building for 6 days before it just disappeared and no, and everybody quit talking about it. You know, they didn't say, you know, we, we obviously have been wrong about this or something like that. They, mm-hmm. they just simply quit talking about it. And, um, you know, it was, it was actually global. There were people, um, you know, through social media praying and, 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 and making these declarations to God about, about this little girl and, and, you know, God raising her from the dead. Uh, it was global. People all over the world were participating in these declarations, and uh, and uh, it didn't happen, you know. Hmm. And I and and I I just wonder, you know, how how much this has rocked the faith of people and and all that kind of thing. Um, but but many months later, one of these supposed apostles was was being interviewed, and he was asked about that that incident, and he essentially blamed. Uh, the 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 failure of this resurrection on there weren't enough people praying there weren't enough people who really believed that mm-hmm. god w- would raise her from the dead so you know there there it's it's just an example of how um there there are those who's who who would have us believe that uh, the miraculous and life change and life success and all these different things depend upon our faith, and that's that's just not biblical. It's 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 simply not biblical. It's not what God has promised. Um, you know, uh, uh, you know, your question here or your or your statement here is that having faith matters more than what faith you have, and uh, that's not necessarily you know, under the Christian umbrella, um, like I also think about, um, you know, the 12 steps, the uh, 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 Alcoholics Anonymous and that kind of thing where 
you're told to just have faith in something, you know, um, even a doorknob or or something like that. If if you know something that you can put, you know, focus your faith upon. Well, um, you know, it it does matter. Uh, the object of our faith matters infinitely more than our own personal faith. So like if we get on an airplane, I I may sit there and be completely comfortable and have complete and utter faith that the pilot is going to get us where we're going. But the person sitting next to me may be terrified and certain that uh, we're, you know, we're going to crash and, and have zero faith in the pilot. But it doesn't change anything. The pilot gets us there you know it 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 it, it doesn't matter my my faith or, the, or or that person other person's lack of faith doesn't matter at all what matters is you know is that pilot qualified it has the plane been properly maintained and and whatever and so it's it's true of god as well if your god is um as uh, as we see in the in the in the bible if people are putting their faith in wooden statues and and carved stones and 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 whatever else and calling it god well you know they they're they're not capable of doing anything they can't even see or hear or whatever as the bible says um but if we put our faith in the one true god then then uh you know the faith of a mustard seed is 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 sufficient uh, we we the object of our faith is is infinitely uh, more important than than our own faith, and so it does matter uh, where you put your faith. It absolutely does matter, and uh, I think it's a, it's 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 almost criminal to blame people for not having enough faith in those situations where where uh, someone isn't healed or someone isn't raised from the dead. Um, so uh, I just think that's that's it's unbiblical and it's 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 cruel. Um, so I think you know we we need to we need to respond by helping people understand this that you know that God is worthy of our of our trust, and um, you know we we need to help them understand the nature of of biblical faith like that. Um, so I I. Uh, um, I think that um, there are lots of reasons why, you know, Christians get pulled into these things. We want to see miracles. We want to see, um, you know, uh, God answer uh, prayers. Sometimes those prayers are selfish. Sometimes they're they're not. But but uh, you know, I think there are a lot of different reasons why someone would get pulled into this this uh, belief that that um, you know um our our faith can can accomplish uh, all these different things if we have enough faith uh, but uh but you know we, we uh, again what really matters is is who we're putting our faith in and uh, the reality of what god has revealed so a lot of people misunderstand the scriptures and they're putting their faith in a, an idea that never really was communicated in scripture um, and, 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 you know, like the idea that God always promises healing or God always promises to, um, move the mountain that's in front of us if, if we have enough faith. Um, but, uh, those are, those are, uh, misinterpretations of scripture and, and God doesn't promise to always 
heal or to uh, always move a mountain. Um, but, um, um, you know, we, we, so, so we need to start by really understanding what God has said and put our faith in him, uh, the, the true God, and in the true revelation that he has given us. Yeah, one of the ancillary statements that came out of the survey was people believe that all faiths are equal, of equal value. All right, Josh, Tim. So, uh, of course, you know, notwithstanding um, George Michael in the 80s telling us that we just got to have faith. Um, and and maybe Man. that's um, the maybe that was the beginning of, of this whole conversation. But um, <clears throat> the, you know. Faith simply means trust. I mean, it's, you know, I think this is maybe a component of this issue where we we want to look at the word faith or the concept of faith as if it is this super mystical, spiritual thing. It's just trust. It's, you know, just like Sean was saying, it's it's trust in something. And then the question becomes not necessarily the tr amount of trust you have, high trust, low trust, etc. The question becomes, is the thing that you are trusting able to accomplish that which you are trusting it to do? Um, and, and in this case, you know, Scripture tells us there is one God and there is one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. And so... You know, is the question then becomes, is Christ reliable in his ability to save me? And the testimony of all of Scripture is yes. And it's because he is God. He died for our sins. He purchased our salvation. He rose again as evidence of that. And, and he sits at the hand of the Father interceding on our behalf. And so it's the amount that I have is irrelevant compared to what it's in. And and yet we want to treat it as if it's some kind of super mystical thing. Yeah, yeah, you bet. Hey, Josh, let me since you got the floor here, let me let me direct a statement to you. Here's just another statement that came out and they, they phrased it in the context of Eastern religions, belief in karma. So here's the statement, the belief that actions in this life will affect some sort of reincarnated version. I, I actually was talking to a gentleman the other day, who's from another country around the world, not sort of in that area, but not, I don't think he had that same religious background. I think it was more Islamic, but he's been in America majority of his life, but yet he talked like that. Said He was talking about some problems is, am I suffering for what I did wrong? You know, that's a little different than the statement, but sure. respond to that. Where do we see that, you know, people have this, a belief in the afterlife, but it's a little different. So just, just first, a general, maybe a general comment that I think applies to all of these, which is um, these are all worldview issues. I mean, mm -hmm. every single one of these relates back to your worldview. And to a certain mm -hmm. degree, um, you know, we see these we see these among Americans, OK, um, as a byproduct of globalization. And so, you know, globalization is the the phenomenon that has existed ever since uh, one nation tried to conquer another nation. But it mm -hmm. it is the reality that the, the idea of a global village, you know, all the ideas are out there. We have our technology and our cell phones, et cetera. And so, whereas in the 1800s, you didn't know necessarily know what people 
practice what their religious beliefs were on the other side of the planet. Today, we know all that. And so the awareness and the knowledge and then all of these ideas mixed together, if you will, uh, in the hot pot, and then we pick and choose whatever whatever we want. And so you you translate that into 21st century America, and it's it's easy for individuals to syncretize their their belief system. It's a big fancy word where that we say you take some elements of this belief system and some of this belief system and some of this belief system and you throw them all in the blender uh, and then you come out with the postmodern. This is what matters to me. So. I'll lead with that and saying it's not surprising that in that in this you know universal arena of ideas that's where we that's where we get karma specifically is that belief within Hinduism that my actions either good or bad will determine the level at which I am am reincarnated. Uh, I should introduce here the concept of reincarnation is completely different from the concept of resurrection as that that Christians hold to. Um, and so, you know, if I were if I were a Hindu, then, you know, and I went home and I, I did really bad things or I killed somebody, I lied, I cheated, I stole whatever, then I might expect to be reincarnated as a plant. Um, if if I did really good things, then I would hope to be reincarnated as a higher member of the caste because Hinduism plays right into the social structure of India and Nepal and other parts within the caste system. My hope would be to be reincarnated to a higher level in the caste, ultimately to where I can then achieve non-existence. And every single part of that is incompatible with a biblical worldview there is there is no there's no piece of that um that is compatible with human beings as a unique creation of god um it is i forgetting the verse reference one of you guys could help me uh but it is appointed unto man once to die and then judgment and so that's it. You you don't get you don't get multiple opportunities to come back and try to improve and do better than you did last time. That that's it. You got one shot. Um and and so there's you know our our actions um I struggle to say our actions don't matter, but our actions don't measure up to some kind of heavenly accounting system where mm -hmm. You know, we can we can come back in and live a second life. Huh. But don't we have a, a justice system? I mean, well, God looks at our works. Now, Tim, you were going to say something. Yeah, Tim, see, because uh, I, though I would agree with you that karma um, comes from a, a worldview that isn't biblical, uh, there are ideas that are. Um, you know, I think as Romans tells us ingrained into our, our, our minds because they are part of God's law uh you know universal not necessarily god's revealed law in scriptures but god's universal law um the fact that bad actions do tend to do eventually lead to bad results would even be scriptural uh mm -hmm. and in fact i would argue that one of the issues with I think that the 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 concept of karma is, exists in Hinduism to deal with the fact that without it you wouldn't have any basis for morality because mm -hmm. the source of morality isn't your 
is not your gods is just just like the greek pantheon the, the gods are just subject to the whims of you know 330 own, million right predispositions or whatever right so so how does a religion then express morality uh, without just you know in that case it would devolve into chaos unless people believe there was some consequence for their actions so karma as i understand it uh, can occur either in this life or in the next or be impacted in this life from the last so th it's, it is this general principle that a person will reap what they sow which is a biblical principle but rather distorted in there but there is to say that the scriptures don't have a cause-effect relationship between action and and consequence. I mean, would be to deny verses such as "If any man is ashamed of me and my words, you know, my father will be ashamed of him." Uh, you know, the parable of the unforgiving servant, uh, where, where God tells us that as you know, as you forgive, so you shall be forgiven. Uh, this is uh, this would be sort of I don't even want to say the Christian version of karma, but this is. Because that's not actually correct at all. A better way of saying it, it, it would be the, the more correct view of cause and it would be the correct view uh, of action consequence on which that flows forth from the mind of God, which other religions have distorted. And mm -hmm. ultimately, it's, I think, a very common sense, uh, 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 a, a very commonsensical structure, too, right? Uh, so, you know, it's it's one of the things that we as Christians have to do. There are really some really good ideas in other religions sometimes when we see them. It's important to not just throw the, and I'm not suggesting that's what you did, Josh. You you did a good analysis on on how karma is tied to worldview. And, and what you're rejecting is the idea of past lives affecting this life, affecting um, a next incarnation of ourselves. Uh, you know, but, the, but we don't want to throw away the... Um, the the baby of the truth of um of consequence to our actions right uh, yeah in, absolutely in with that. and <laughs> even in that i mean even in that there's the you get to the end of revelation 20 with the great white throne judgment and the book of life is opened and then other books are opened and it's the statement is made the dead are judged according to what was written about them in the books right. so right. definitely you know, the, the idea that our actions have consequences is a biblical principle. Right, um, right. But and not and to even the, even the faith not one to is the a extent that of... we will be not to the extent that we get other opportunities at at life. We we get to come back and do it again. Even even the faith one is is a distortion, right? I mean, I you know, Mike, I don't know what you had totally intended for that, but just commenting on that one real quick. You know, just having grown up with kids and, you know, all these children's movies that come out, you know, you so often hear them say, just important to have faith and to have faith. And right. there's no mention mm -hmm. of God or anything. So what is this faith that they're talking about, that everything will be OK, that we'll just keep going? You know, the ones the ones that I always love are, you know, the TV promises that the parents make to their kids. You know, it's going to be OK in the middle of this, you know, horrible fire what everything you know we're going to be all right you have no way of knowing that like you know i it just it's the worst thing except for the fact that you're following the script yeah your, your parents <laughs> your parents will lie to you and tell you that everything is going to be okay when you know it very likely could not be uh you know and so like th there's this there's this goofy idea that if you just somehow have faith that things will be better uh and so what you're what you're equating faith to in that circumstance is really just sort of a blind baseless hope um, sort of an optimism, 
And um, I would I would direct people why that idea is so dangerous. Uh, read a chapter out of the book Good to Great by uh, by Jim Collins. It sounds like I'm shilling a book right now. I'm I'm not really, but uh, the Stockdale paradox. Paradox. This was uh, Stockdale who was uh, you know stuck in the Hanoi Hilton during uh, um, Vietnam. the war in Vietnam. And when he was asked, you know, who, who were the, who were the people that cracked, you know, that, and he said, well, it was, they were the optimists, the, the people who came in and said, well, you know, I just have faith that we'll just somehow be out of here by Christmas. Right. And when Christmas came and went, well, we'll be out of here by spring. And when spring came and went, and it just eventually they broke because that sort of baseless faith does nothing for you. And, mm -hmm. and, you know, it's it's mm -hmm. it's the kind of thing that are unfortunately a lot of our children's movies are are filled with. I'm not saying to not watch them, but I'm saying to have conversations with your kids about them. But, mm -hmm. um, you know, whereas, you know, Stockdale had a very different actually um, approach to that. And and uh, so anyway, that's that's my that's my, my my point on that one is, too, that it's based on something that's real and true. But it tries to remove its basis and without its basis it, it all comes crumbling there's nothing there's nothing there it's just a fluff fantasy so yeah john you look like you wanted to jump in there oh i i think um on the on the question of karma and and uh you know i i, I agree with what's been said i mean uh, karma is an unbiblical idea um in fact i'm pretty sure that um that comes from a relativist worldview in other words that that um the idea of uh, yin and yang where uh there is no true evil it's it's just a perception and that kind of thing so so what i want to know is uh, how do you how do you develop good karma if we can't define good and evil um <laughs> you know um who's to say um so it's it's a really flawed uh, idea and system, but it doesn't mean that it that it doesn't matter how we live our lives. Uh, you know, uh, Christianity is very clear that today matters forever. The way we live our lives does matter. It will impact our future. You know, Jesus said, "Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me." He said, "Rejoice and be glad, for your reward in heaven is great." Um, you know, he's he's saying that the way we live our lives today will impact the future and our and our existence in the in the next life. Um, so it, it, what we <laughs> what we, uh, uh, you know, don't uh, believe is that we we get multiple opportunities to get it right, uh, whatever that means. <laughs> and, you know, in karma and and uh, that kind of thing, what we what we do see is that there there is one life there's one opportunity in this life um to to uh you know believe in christ and 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 uh make the most of our time on planet earth and um our our eternity will be impacted by that so yeah. so it does matter today does matter forever yeah Absolutely. let me step back from where we're at we're almost out of time so let's we're not going to introduce another statement or other. I want to ask you all what you heard. But let's step back and think of the context I saw for the survey was that we're living in a culture that's moving along very quickly away from a Judeo-Christian worldview. And we're going to run into more and more. We're going to run into people that go 
where did that come from? Sort of sounds Christian, but doesn't sound, you know, that kind of response we're going to have to people. Uh, it's a word of encouragement for all of our listeners and for us as well. As we encounter people in the world, how do we respond? How do we respond in a gracious way, but a clearly biblical way? Not to a specific statement here, but just as people are basing their life, their beliefs, their future, their eternity on anything but God's truth. Tim, uh, could I turn yeah, to you first? Yeah, I, I always like, uh, I, you know, I always like to, uh, you know, it depends on how deep and philosophical the conversation is. And sometimes my conversations can wax a bit like that. But, you know, like, for example, when I encounter somebody who claims that they just don't believe in right or wrong, that <clears throat> things are just what they are, they aren't, you know, they aren't right, they aren't wrong, they just, and it's, it's really easy. You know, I found that it's really easy for people uh, to talk that way when they're talking about things like marital fidelity or partner fidelity or things like that. Uh, but mm. when it comes to like having their own property stolen or being murdered themselves, suddenly they get very moral. And what I would point <laughs> out is that, uh, that, uh, you know, I, I, th I think that we actually have a lot of opportunities to do, to, to point again to, to, to the early portions of the book of Romans to discuss how God's law, even when people who don't believe in God, uh, uh, behave as if God law, God's laws exist. They are in they are themselves being witness to the fact that God has written His laws on our hearts, and we know them inherently. And so, when we break them, we understand that we're doing wrong. And um, I would I I have often challenged people, you know, who come from a post-Christian you know worldview, who just you know say that they fully reject Judeo-Christian ideas. Uh, I find it hard to find a single one of them who say things who would who would agree to uh, you shouldn't treat people like you would want to be treated. They'd say, no, you, you should do that. So where's that should come from? It's, it's C.S. Lewis's question of the ought, right? You know, where, where does this ought come from? I, I, I still think we have a lot of, uh, um, you know, I know that America tends to a, a lot of the American church tends to. Oh, dare I even say, I know it's a little provocative whine about how, oh, we're moving into this post-Christian culture where the majority of people around us aren't going to believe in, you know, God. And what, so what does that mean? Well, it means that we'll be like the rest of the church throughout most of history. Like, <laughs> you know, in, in some ways it's even, I think, more of an advantage because at least people don't have these weird muddled ideas and you can, you can start afresh with them on the ideas of existence of God. And, and, uh, and I think, the existence of things like morality and, and universal morality that we know it's wrong to kill other people for no reason. We know it's wrong to steal property for no reason. We know it's wrong to be unfaithful to somebody who loves you for no reason. You know, like, how do you know that? You know, and I think it's, it's easy. It, in some ways it's easy to point to people to the creator. Uh, in some ways it's a little easier when they're completely in the dark than when they have been sort of lulled into a, a um, religious security that may not actually be founded on a faith in Christ. Oh, so. so good. Josh? Ah, uh, so, you know, it, it ultimately it comes down to what's your, what is your, your source of truth? Does it, does it exist within yourself and, and you have the ability to, um, pull from the potpourri of ideas out there, the, the buffet and, you know, then then believe what you want to believe. But while while we might make philosophical arguments for that, just as Tim was saying, nobody actually believes that. 
You know, nobody nobody actually operates on a daily basis that way because we have to live in in you know in any culture in any society we have to live with a certain amount of agreed upon beliefs about what is right and proper behavior what is what is appropriate how you interact with other individuals and so there is always there's always some foundation to to start with that is okay well then you ask the questions where does that foundation come from I mean, why why do you believe that how, why is that why is that true whereas this over here isn't true i mean it you know we we always have to have something in common because if we don't have i mean even if all we have in common is english like i agree that you know this is a noun and this is a verb and because if we didn't agree we wouldn't even be able to communicate so that is a foundation to start with um obviously there is a there is a truth that is external to ourselves even within language and tim's probably going to go off here on me but um you know there there is a foundational truth there within language that we have to agree on this otherwise we can't communicate with each other uh, i mean we we have to be able to define words the same way and so so truth to a certain degree must be external to ourselves um and then start there you know okay well what is that what is that what does that lead to how do we how do we follow that rabbit trail um because we we can't you know, everybody's opinion can't be true at the same time not everybody can't equally be correct yeah good sean final word yeah. on encouragement yeah i i am a christian because I believe it's the best explanation of reality. Um, okay. I, 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 um, you know, it's it's a it's a complex story about how any of us comes to faith in Christ. But I've definitely come to the place where I just believe it's the best explanation of reality of of all the details and facts that we have. Um, I believe that it's true. I believe that that the Bible is God's explanation of reality. So mm-hmm. so. You know, uh, any faith system that is not based on reality is going to be hopeless. It's going to be uh, very unsatisfying and it's not going to be it's not going to truly provide hope, you know, and someone who makes up their own belief system or or kind of, as you were saying, puts it in the blender and comes up with their own unique uh, their their truth, you know, that, that, you know, when it comes down to it, that's they're they're going to know that that's a, a very flimsy uh, foundation a, a foundation of sand if you will to to quote jesus mm-hmm. um so i think that hope is the is the the real issue um you know because uh we 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 only have true hope if we if we uh, base our faith on reality so you know i think of uh, what peter said that that we should all be ready to make a defense to everyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that is in you. And and I just believe that all other faith systems are hopeless ultimately. And so, you know, we as Christians um, should should simply be prepared to help people realign or, 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 you know, for the first time, align themselves with reality. And in so doing, uh, we give them hope, you know, to to recognize that there truly is a God and that God has spoken 
and he has told us what is good and right and true and best. He's told us his even his plans for the future, and therefore we can have hope in that reality, the, uh, the reality that God has revealed. So to me, that's that's the approach that we need to be prepared to take is is to yeah. defend the hope that's within us. Yeah, mm. yeah. Well, guys, good stuff. Uh, Tim, you know, when you said, uh, you know, we, we shouldn't be overwhelmed by different viewpoints in our world because that's just where the church has always been. And Josh, when yeah. you said it's based on truth, that's where we all have to find it. And, uh, you know, Sean, as you were talking there at the end, First Peter, you know, where we set Christ, sanctify Christ as Lord in our heart, then what we're going to be able, there's the context, there's the truth. So, right. uh, you know, we, we just had a very brief Oh, too much else to talk about. Conversation ourselves about the different worldviews that we've run into today. And you, our listeners, are going to run into them too. Continue the conversation. Give us a call. We'd be glad to sit and chat with you, maybe about any specific person you're talking with to help them. But Lord, uh, we'll use the body of Christ. Go to your pastor and the elders in your church to get that encouragement to how to help people to find the answer and the answers in Christ. You all have a good day. Join us next week for another Calvary Conversation. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Calvary Conversations, a service of Calvary University in Kansas City, Missouri. We invite you to participate in the conversation by contacting us through the Calvary University website, calvary.edu, or by calling us at 816-322-0110. Join us again next week for another Calvary Conversation.